I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I, of course, am your host, Christine Gritman. And welcome to those of you who are joining us on your podcast player of choice via the Adweek Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single Monday episode of Let's Talk About Brand. Or perhaps you're joining us here on YouTube for the video podcast. The video podcast is the same interview as the Monday podcast, just in video form, and that drops every Friday on YouTube. So also make sure to subscribe to Christine Gritman Inc. on YouTube to make sure you don't miss a single video podcast episode. Oh, hey, but in between, I want to hear from you on each week's topic. And that's what Chat About Brand is for. Every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern, I'm over at C. Gritman on Twitter hosting the Chat About Brand podcast, which is on, sorry, Chat About Brand Twitter chat, which is on the exact same topic as that week's podcast and video podcast. Speaking of which, this week's topic is actually all about how your personal brand plays into networking and how networking plays into your personal brand. They're very closely aligned topics, but they're not exactly the same. But I'm going to talk today with this week's guest expert all about the interplay between the two and how they can really strengthen each other. So to talk about that, I have the lovely Beth Granger on, and I'm going to bring her on right now. Hello, Beth. Hello, hello. Great to be here. Yeah. So first, let's get started with you just telling the folks at home um, who you are and what you do. Just a little bit about Beth Granger. Sure. So I'm a trainer, consultant, and speaker on the topic of unleashing the power of LinkedIn and networking. And I'm also an exactly what to say certified guide, which is all about powerful phrases for critical conversations with prospects, leadership, even family. In addition to powerful phrases, there's also phrases that really convey your brand accurately to people. Because when we're communicating to people, whether it is in person at a networking event, whether it is via our LinkedIn profile or anything in between, it's really, really important that we're able to give the right impression in our communications. So I'm going to launch into this week's topic about networking and personal branding. And I'm going to ask you basically, what do they have to do with each other? Oh, great question. So I think people sometimes have the impression that your brand are things that you do on purpose, but your brand is everything. Your brand is how you speak to people. Your brand is how you walk into a room. Your brand is how you answer a phone. If anybody answers a phone these days, I don't know. So it's really very connected. And are you the same person online and in person? So all those things come into play. And one really interesting thing is that people often sort of get confused with the lines between 
being a networker, being someone who has a strong network, being someone who's very kind of outgoing and always kind of collecting people uh, versus having a strong personal brand. Now, they are not the same thing, but they can really help each other out. So I would love to hear some of your thoughts as specifically a networking expert, especially on um, where the differences are between being a networker and having a strong personal brand and also how they can help each other out. Oh, well, there's so many parts to that, but a couple of things. When you're a networker and do the people that you are networking with really understand what you do and what you're all about? So if you haven't communicated, can't speak today, clearly, then how can they introduce you to somebody because they don't really know what you're all about? And part of that is in the way you introduce yourself. Part of that comes into play the conversations that you have with people and the questions they ask you, the questions you ask them. So I think it's, they're, they're very connected, but where they're different is to me, the branding is in all your communication, written, verbal, nonverbal, visual, and those come into play more online perhaps than when you're networking in person. Now, I think when a lot of people think about networking, they think about it in two main things. First and foremost, they sort of think about those in-person networking events. You go to a thing, a happy hour, a business group, whatever it is, and you meet people in person. And then ideally, hopefully, if you're playing it right, you move that connection beyond that to online. But there's also online networking. There are especially since the pandemic began, there are, you know, Zoom networking events that are still happening left and right. People have not abandoned those um, because they can often be easier to get to, quite honestly, and they can be a bit less scary for some. But then there's also the, the passive networking of having your digital footprint together so people can find you or so that when people connect others to you, what they see does some of the work for you. And that's, of course, where LinkedIn is a heavy hitter. So I would love to hear from you as someone who deals with all three of those things. You help people um, with, you know, the live networking, the online networking, and especially the LinkedIn networking. I'd love to hear from you what you consider kind of crucial elements to make sure that you you kind of nail for each of those three things, online, real life networking events, online networking events, and of course, making sure your digital footprint is conveying the right impression. Sure. Well, I'm going to start with the digital footprint. To me, that's it's one of the few places you control the message about yourself. So is everything from your, your headline on your LinkedIn profile to the graphics you may use to how you describe yourself? Um, and then when you move into the networking component, whether it's virtual or in person, it's how you behave with people. So are you curious about them? Are you just talking? We've all had meetings where somebody's just talking about themselves and never showing an interest in you. That really affects your brand. Um, and to me, the virtual and the in-person are, are very similar. And one of the things that I found fascinating, especially during the pandemic, was looking at how people were meeting virtually first and then moving it to a conversation or a Zoom meeting rather than because there was no in-person. And when uh, Clubhouse came out, for instance, that was an amazing networking tool. I saw people and I experienced it myself. I met so many people from around the world that I never would have met 
that then became LinkedIn connections that led to conversations that led to collaborations. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you start. It's the idea of connecting all those different things. The really interesting thing to me about Clubhouse and how that really blew up, I never got super into Clubhouse, but I've heard so many stories, just like you spoke about just now, about it being just an incredible, incredible networking source. How do people network on Clubhouse or how did they? Like, how does that work? Because when I think of an in-person networking event, of course, you're kind of only talking to the person right in front of you and it's kind of small talk and you move on to someone else. Um, And when you're doing it online, you're kind of, I don't know, it's just different. But Clubhouse, there was an immediacy to it. But at the same time, you know, I... I don't know. I guess I didn't really meet people on Clubhouse, but I didn't try that hard. So how how does that type of environment work? And are you seeing it still happening? Or has Clubhouse is Clubhouse kind of dying down as a networking tool in your estimation? So there's what I do and what other people do. For me, I'm rarely there anymore. But there are people I know who are th- still there regularly. But when I was active there, what would happen is you're bringing people together because of a topic. So everybody was interested in the same thing and having this conversation. And it was just like you were in a room together talking about it so that people naturally wanted to continue the conversation. And that could be, hey, let's jump on a call. That could be, let's connect over on LinkedIn. And so because of that interest or passion for a specific topic, it led to continued conversation. And I do see it happening still in other places and it may be happening there as well i'm just not there to know are you have you explored twitter spaces or anything like that at all or linkedin audio rooms or was it kind of a clubhouse specific magic there um so i I was actually one of the linkedin audio beta testers so i played with it really early and i do like it a lot because the same thing there's such a power in conversation and and anybody can join they're not, there's no such thing as a private LinkedIn audio event. And, and again, you can connect with people. So there are other people who have an interest in the topic. You can send them a message. You can connect with them separately from the event. Twitter spaces, I haven't spent as much time on. I've listened to a couple of them, but never really got involved. Now, one of the interesting things about, you know, the concept you just mentioned of making sure that you connect in multiple places, if you wind up in the same clubhouse room based on a common shared interest, it's a great idea to make sure you connect with those people over on LinkedIn or on another platform of your choice to make sure that you stay connected. But we have all had that kind of jarring experience of meeting someone in real life and then going and looking them up online And not being sure if it's the same person, you know, maybe it can be something as simple as their picture being out of date, but sometimes it's also the thing they told you they do is not the thing that it says that they do on their profile. Um, So I am curious about your take on kind of the really important things to make sure are consistent uh, in real life and between platforms so that people just really know that they've got the same person. What are some things they want to make sure to to take a look at and have consistent? Absolutely. And it works the other way, too. Sometimes you meet somebody online and then when you meet them in person, you don't recognize them. And it really does start with that photo. Right. If you if your photo's 10 years old, it's time for a new one. Uh, I like to get new ones when I update my glasses. But now I have two pairs. So I don't know. Can I switch it? Make it an animated something. But so obviously your photo, you want to look like 
the same person in person or online, and how you describe yourself. And then subtle things too, like your graphics. So if, if you are somebody that shares your business card and it looks nothing like um, what you say on LinkedIn, or you talk about doing something, but then on LinkedIn, you don't list that. It's really just being consistent everywhere that you are. Now, another thing that I've certainly encountered with clients, you probably have as well, is that sometimes there's someone who almost have two versions of themselves out there. Either it's because they have a day job that is totally unrelated to their side hustle, and maybe they want to make sure their LinkedIn conveys their day job, but they're going to events and hyping their side hustle. And then again, it leads to that same circumstance where you're not sure you found the same person because they've got, you know, split identity situation. So how do you recommend people handle that type of circumstance when they sort of have two separate versions of themselves that they are networking separately? Yeah, I get asked that a lot, actually. Um, And the answer is easier if their full-time gig is understanding that they have side interests. If not, it's a little trickier because you only want one, for instance, LinkedIn profile. If you have two, you want to merge them. But so many people now have portfolio careers, if you will, and have multiple interests, multiple things that they're involved in. And you just describe that. You you have use the different places to talk about that, the about section, perhaps your background graphic, even your profile video, which is that 30-second video that lives behind your photo. So I don't think it's strange anymore that people have multiple things that they're involved in and they should feel free to share them. Again, if it's something that their day job would not approve of, or then it's a little trickier and kind of not sure you kind of have to pick one over the other then. Yeah. I always tell people you cannot build a business in secret. That's, that's just not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now, I want to talk to you about something that I feel like people know they should do, but aren't sure how to do, which is networking on LinkedIn. When people who are scared of this think of it, I think what they think of is, you know, how sleazy those cold DMs are of just reaching out to someone and immediately trying to do business. But at the same time, they don't want to fake it. They don't want to fake reaching out, you know, in a warm, fuzzy way when they know and the other person knows that it's about business. I think that sort of business and personal 
line of LinkedIn is something that a lot of people aren't quite sure how to navigate. So I'd love to hear from you about what you recommend um, as to how people can get out of their heads about that and, and start to actually use LinkedIn as a very successful networking tool. Sure. Well, there are two parts to that. There, there is the part about strengthening and supporting the network you already have. It doesn't necessarily have to be continually meeting new people. So the ways you can support your network and be supported by them, you can write a recommendation, you can endorse somebody, you can engage with their content or share their content so that more people see it. So I think that is an underused type of behavior. You should really be strengthening the relationships with the people you already have. The other thing is when combining it with offline or virtual networking, you can use LinkedIn to search for people and make specific requests. So if you say to me, Beth, I want to meet real estate attorneys, suddenly my mind goes blank. I can't think of anybody. But if you search my connections and say, I see you're connected to and list the name, that's a much more powerful conversation. So that's the first part, right? Strengthening the relationship with your current network. When it comes to networking and trying to meet new people, the best way is if they're active on LinkedIn, first of all. If they're not active, you can't really do this. Engage with their content. Get to know them and start having conversations with them through their content. So that way, when you send a connection request, you can say, it's been great talking to you about whatever topic on your posts. How about we connect so we can have further conversation? Yeah, I think people separate it a little too much in their heads from what you do in real life. When you're at a real life networking event, you don't say to somebody, hey, where's someone who does this thing and make a beeline for them and just shove your card in their face and walk away? You have a conversation. (laughs) I mean, I, I I think that people have too much of a separation in their heads between how you conduct yourself in real life and how you conduct yourself online. Um, To that end, if people are doing networking events that are either in real life or virtual networking events, what are some best practices that you recommend or that you've seen in practice in your own life or with clients to make sure that you really get the most out of that experience? The key thing to me is to make it about the other person. So if you go into an event saying, okay, I need to meet whoever, three people that do whatever, think about it more about learning about the other people who are there. And first of all, that makes it much easier because you're not worrying about yourself. You're, you're learning about them. And if you go into it thinking about, I want to meet people that I can introduce to other people in my network, you'll naturally meet really interesting people, get introduced to people that will help you as well. That is my favorite thing to do at events, to be like, oh, I know someone you should meet. And it's also great because it ensures that you and that person are going to talk because they want to meet yep. that person who you want to hook them up with. It's it's very yep. important. Um, to that end, there's also the all-too-common networking event uh, moment where you ask somebody about themselves and they don't know how to talk about 
who they are and what they do. Um, I know that one of the things that you help your clients with is sort of finding the right words for different situations, different circumstances. I, of course, help people find the right words to describe their personal brand, who they are, what they do, why people should care. So for people who are a bit lost there, people who are, are kind of terrified of networking events because they don't know how to talk about themselves in a way that really gets it across in an accurate or memorable or at least concise kind of way. Um, how do you recommend people get started trying to do that work of figuring out how to talk about what they do? I think they can sort of do a beta test, right? Come up with a few different ways to introduce themselves and see how people react. The other thing is if they're in a, a group with a trusted group of friends where it's not meeting people you don't know, you can experiment. You can say, hey, I'm thinking of trying this new introduction. Tell me what you hear. Does this represent me accurately? Um, so I think that's a great thing to do. Another thing to do is ask your clients or referral partners how they would introduce you because you'll, you'll learn things and hear things in a different way. Ooh, I love that. Getting the outside view, that's, that's really huge. Now, we talked about how LinkedIn and other online presence can sort of be almost a passive networking tool for you. You know, people happen upon you where people are sent your way, and it can do a lot of the work for you. So um, I'd love some best practices on how to make sure that those profiles, especially LinkedIn, are doing that work of properly conveying who you are, what you do, why people should care in a way where it's almost as effective as you conveying it yourself. I mean, there's elements of language. There's all sorts of different elements there. So how can you make sure that your profile is doing some of that passive networking work for you in a strong way? So there are a number of ways. One is using all the fields and features that LinkedIn gives you. So use that featured section, use that profile video, use that background graphic. Um, the other is when it comes to words. So describe yourself the way you want to be seen. There's a little bit of SEO, if you will, right? So if there are terms you want to be found for, you want those terms in your profile, in your about section, in your headline, et cetera. Um, and one thing I love that I think people sometimes are apprehensive about saying, hey, I'm great. So tell a third party story in your about section, maybe T tell people have said this about me or clients say this about me. So we've talked about some best practices. What are some worst practices? What are some things that you know that people who maybe don't know better, you know, their intentions are good, but they're not sure what to do, or maybe they're just getting in their head about something. What are some worst practices that you would love it if people would just, just stop doing? Uh, there are so many. Where to begin? So on LinkedIn, for instance, the dreaded connect and pitch. That's where you connect with somebody that you don't know yet and you're immediately pitching them. Don't do it. We all hate it. No. Um, and in person, it's kind of the same thing, right? If you've ever been to an event and somebody's immediately pushing a card in your face and expecting you're going to give them a referral and you don't even know them yet. In fact, right before the pandemic, I went to an event that was a guest cultivation event for a networking organization and the room was very crowded. So I didn't get to meet everybody, but you passed your cards around. And the next day I got a call, not from the financial planner, but from the financial planner's assistant, wondering if I wanted to have a call to talk about my finances. No, 
right? You need to take the time to truly get to know, like, and trust people wherever you are in person, online. Yeah. Don't delegate that, that relationship building. It's funny because I actually had a really popular LinkedIn post <laughs> that, that grew out of one of those. I got a message from someone's assistant being like, Hey, they, they would love to connect with you. They're fascinated by what you're doing. And I'm thinking, well, apparently not fascinated enough <laughs> to actually talk to me. Um, so that's a clear thing on LinkedIn. Do not do the just random cold pitch how about with real life or virtual networking events? Because I feel like a lot of people just kind of hang back, their flies on the wall. So they've dedicated their hour or whatever of Zoom time or of real life, you know, cocktail hour to this thing. And then they're getting nothing out of it because they're not doing anything. So what are some worst practices when it comes to online and in-person networking events um, to make sure that you, you know, don't waste the opportunity? Uh, there are so many, but it's things we've all experienced, right? People who don't show any curiosity for you if they're just talking, talking, talking. Um, also making assumptions. I think sometimes we make assumptions that someone is not going to be a good networking um, partner for us based on things that we're not even sure, based on what they do. But if you have a conversation with somebody and learn about them, then you might find, wow, you know, their their brother, their best friend. You just don't know. So having those conversations without making assumptions is really important. Now, how can you make good use of an online event that maybe isn't as breakout room heavy? Because, of course, great connections happen in the breakout rooms, but sometimes we're at an online event where it's mostly focused on the speaker or something like that. So how can people get some networking juice out of those events? Yeah, well, obviously during the event, if the chat is open, you can be having side conversations with people privately. And then, of course, if you can check them out, for instance, on LinkedIn afterwards and send them a connection invite saying, hey, we, we're both in that same event. What did you think of it? And that starts the conversation going. Now, you and I are networkers. We, we do this all the time. We, we love being well-connected. We love connecting other people as well. But we know that there are people out there who are a bit shy about it, who maybe have not been building their network this whole time. They're just kind of, maybe they've, they've kept connected with past colleagues, past clients, things like that. But their network doesn't extend really beyond things like that, where, you know, situations that they were put in. So... Where do you think is a good place to start for someone who's out there right now saying, you know, I keep hearing I've got to work on my network. I'm going to do it. Where the heck do I start? What, what are some good starting networking steps to take? Kind of like what I said before, a lot of people already have a huge network, but they don't really know the people. So I would start by getting to know the people that you already have in your circles. There are people, you know... I'm guilty of the same thing. There are people that I've connected with, but never had a conversation. I have no idea if I could help them, if they could help me. So I think networking within your own network is a great place to start. Okay. So just kind of sending a message to someone saying, hi, I'm glad to be in each other's networks. I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. You know, tell me this question. Yeah, absolutely. 
Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. Beth, I really hope that some people out there, you know, are are inspired to network, to put their own personal brand out there in a bigger way among their network, both the one they've got already and the people who they've yet to meet. Um, For people who have yet to meet you, where can people find you? Why should they find you? And what will they find there? Oh, well, they can find me. My website is BethGranger.com. Of course, LinkedIn, because that's my place socially. Um, And why is because I like to get to know people. I like to introduce people and I like to share my expertise and knowledge freely. You know, I actually am going to ask one more question. Why LinkedIn? Why is LinkedIn your jam among all the platforms that are out there? I don't know if I know, honestly. It's it's one of those things that was an evolution. My my first social media love was actually Twitter back in 2010, 2011. And LinkedIn just, it I felt at home there. And especially with all the changes and because I like to help people who may not be comfortable with technology or understanding how to use it strategically, it just sort of happened. And it's it's a wonderful place to be. It is like, to me, it's like an always on networking event. Absolutely. All right. Well, this has been great, Beth. Thank you so much for for being on the show. And I look forward to the next time I get to see you at an actual networking event, whenever that may be. (laughs) And in person. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for being here. Whether you have been listening to Let's Talk About Brand on your podcast player of choice via the Adweek Podcast Network, or if you're here with us on YouTube for the video podcast, Either way, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single Monday podcast or Friday video podcast episode of Let's Talk About Brand. And mark your calendars for Tuesday at noon Eastern so that you can join me at C. Gritman on Twitter for Chat About Brand, where you get to weigh in on the week's topic. Make sure to join us next week when I will be speaking to another very smart guest expert on another topic having to do with branding. Bye! Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.